0: If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. We decree 2023 is a year of abundance. Gosh, I am so blessed because you have chosen to give the first day of 2023 to the Lord. This is first fruits, as it were, for a year. And so, Father, I bless each one. I just thank you and praise you that it's not just today, but it's every day thereafter that we choose you. We choose to honor you. We choose to love you. We choose to serve you. We choose to give our lives fully to you and to align our hearts and our thoughts and our ways with yours in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit is the teacher that not only will the Holy Spirit anoint me to communicate, Uh, what I'm bringing to the table today uh, with your grace and with your anointing. But Lord, I pray for the Holy Spirit to be the teacher in the hearts of each one. That it's not just what I'm saying, it's what you are saying to them through these words that bring wisdom and revelation to show us what to do, to cause us to know what builds the kingdom of God and what advances the purposes of God. So we give ourselves fully to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, today is, in a sense, a remake of something I taught almost three years ago, but in that amount of time, uh, I've gained a lot more understanding, and I've also discovered that the things that uh, were brought to the table, and I'll bring to the table, so align with the Word of God, and it literally demonstrates His heart and His character. So today I want to talk about 2023, creating value. The very first thing you hear in 2023 is our moral responsibility, our honor, and our privilege to create value in our world. I love that prophetic word Dan got. God was speaking to him how he will create value in his family and in his world. Same with John, great prophetic words. What does God speak? He speaks into us so we know, one, who we are, and number two, we know what we're called to do so that we can create that value. So let me start at the beginning. Genesis 1, Katie started at the beginning this morning, right? Genesis 1, 26. God said, Let us, which is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Let us make man, mankind, in our image. So when God made humanity, he made us in his image after our likeness. So every human being was created in the image and the likeness of God. And let them have dominion. Why were we created in the image and likeness? So that the authority and the power of heaven would give us the ability to make choices, to have dominion. And our place of dominion is number one over ourselves. It's easy for me to tell you what to do. But when I'm walking in Holy Spirit inspired power, I will be able to say melody, this is what you will think. This is what you will believe. This is the dis- uh, choice you're going to make. Right now, I feel angry, but I'm going to choose to love. Right now, I'm in fear. I'm in worry. I'm in anxiety. Uh-uh. I make a choice to believe. I make a choice to have faith. I make a choice to trust because God gave us that power. That's dominion. And the result of that dominion is to be fruitful and multiply. God said, he said, if you guys take dominion, I've given it to you, you will be fruitful and you will multiply. In verse 27, it says, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God. Do you realize that every attribute that God carries is woven into you? Because we were created in his image and his likeness. So his attributes are woven into us. We are made in his image. Male and female created he them. I put that in there for anybody who says, well, that's just from men as in males. No, male and female created he them. Every man, every woman on this planet has been created in the image and likeness of God. That baby conceived in the womb is created in the image and likeness of God. 179 times in scripture, God tells us who he is. He says, God is love. Every attribute that comes from our Father God, comes from our Creator, is woven in love. Because God is love. It's not what He does. It's who He is. And if it's who God is, isn't it safe to conclude it's who we are designed to be? It's not something we do. It's not something we feel. It is who we are because we are created in his image. So our creator and his very nature is woven into all of humanity. Original sin did not cancel our humanity. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Man messed up. Now my whole plan is messed up. What am I gonna do? No, Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. And when man sin, God already had the solution because he exists outside of time. Jesus became a curse. Well, they were affected by a curse. When you sin, you're affected by a curse. There's consequences of the curse. Yes, but Jesus paid the price. Hallelujah, our God reigns, right? (laughs) Jesus paid the price. He himself became a curse for us. He took the curse on himself so we could go back to God's original intent and purpose for mankind. I know you guys know all this. Hang with me. We will not violate God's word. We will not violate God's heart. When we choose love, when we choose to love someone, we will never violate a Ten Commandment. (laughs) We don't have to fret, oh, I got to keep all this law. I got to keep all these things in the Bible. I got to keep all these rules. Just love and you automatically do it. Just look at someone and value them and honor them and celebrate them. No matter what they're doing, we are fulfilling the law of God. Because God is love. I am so glad that my God loved me and valued me even when I was an enemy to him. You guys know my stories. (laughs) I got so many stories. My God had every reason to write me off. But he chased me down. Every day... I say <laughs> that good news finds me. You know what good news is? Good news is the gospel. And what is the gospel? It is the work of Jesus. It is everything I have through Jesus. And I'll tell you, good news finds us because our God knows exactly where we're at and he is chasing us down because he loves us and he values us. Guys, you think, okay, I know all this. Oh, it's not knowing it here, it's knowing it here. It's being very aware of how valuable we are. It's being very aware of how much we're loved. And the enemy has had a plan. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, why? Because he wants you to believe God doesn't care. He wants to generate fear. He wants you to get into places of depression where you feel you've got a literally church room territory. It's nobody I'm going to face the world, me, myself, and I, or whatever it might be. The enemy wants us to believe lies because if we really knew the truth of how much God loves and values us, fear would be dismantled because what drives out fear? Fear. Perfect love. The opposite of fear is not faith. The opposite of fear is perfect love. I'm not begging God to move on my behalf. I'm just resting in his perfect love. Miracles. Resting in his perfect love. Loretta. Broken bones two weeks later new x-rays, can't find any fractures, that's perfect love. And no matter what we're facing, if we try to figure it out in our head, there's only so much this brain can handle. It's simply trusting in his perfect love and recognizing that as Jesus is, so am I in this world. You are carriers of perfect love. And not just carrying God, who is perfect love, he has woven it into your humanity. That's the preaching part of the message. And I'm going to give you a lot of science today, because science has discovered this in every human being. So science is discovering this truth, okay? Because God is love. What did God do? God's love plus mankind being made in his image equals our minds, our brains, and our bodies are wired, designed, created to give and receive love. See, love is not sentimental emotionalism. It's a powerful choice to do what is good for another. We will never be selfless without perfect love. We would never go to a fire or get in an ambulance and go rescue someone without a part of your humanity being driven by perfect love. Science proves, this is the science part, proves that our physical heart, our physical heart, not just our spirit man, not just our emotions or our thoughts, but our physical heart, our brain, and our body function better when we give and receive love and when we create value. Every time you let God use you to create value in your world, it will be good for your physical heart. It'll be good for your brain. Let us not fear Alzheimer's or dementia. Let's just focus on perfect love. Let us live our lives this moment today saying, I am going to generate value. I'm going to love you, and I'm going to value you. My grandkids might not be perfect all the time, but does that matter? Not at all. Because they are loved, and they are valued, not just by God, but because that is what's woven into their humanity. You might have heard me share this before, But if you would take the very tip of a pin, you would put 10 human cells on the tip of that pin. And in every human cell, there is 3 million DNA strands. So on the tip of a pin, there are 30 million DNA strands. Science says, listen to this. There is mounting evidence, evidence, evidence that demands a verdict, evidence that demands us making a decision. God is so good to allow scientists to discover things so that when people believe a scientist, it's going to draw them to Jesus. I've seen it in my life. There is mounting evidence that certain moral values may be embedded in your DNA. Moral values. Moral values? Morality comes from perfect love. I think I shared last time I spoke the difference between Morality, and being ethical. If you, are more, if you are ethical, you might want to steal, but you don't do it because you're ethical. But if you are moral, it never crosses your mind to steal. If you are ethical, man, I feel like committing adultery, but I won't do it because I'm going to be ethical. And that's a good thing to do. But when you're moral, there's not even a desire. It doesn't even enter your mind. And science is discovering that moral values are woven into our DNA. Man, before I knew Jesus, I knew I was messed up. Before I knew Jesus, You know, being addicted to alcohol, I knew that was not a good thing. I knew stepping on others to get ahead so I could be successful, I knew that wasn't a good thing. I wasn't saved, but moral values are woven into my DNA, guys. Every human being on the planet has moral values woven into their DNA. So can you imagine if we would act like Jesus in our world and love them? right where they're at and value them right where they're at, it would have the ability to touch the core of who they are and even draw them into a place of saying, what is different about you? And you can tell them. The mind-brain is value-driven and it deals with what it means to be a human being. No offense. Aiden, but Major does not have moral values. (laughs) He just thinks about, you know one of those crowns? He ate one of them, plastic and all. (laughs) Duh. Animals don't have moral values. That's why like when one puppy goes and eat, another puppy is chasing them. That puppy, that dog doesn't want to say, "Hey, uh, I would like to date your daughter, and I like to marry them, and uh, I, I, you know, I'll be a really good father to the puppies that come along down the road." No, they don't have moral values. It might sound silly. But what animal has it? Humanity has moral values woven into their DNA. The human brain is amazingly adaptable. This is all science. The human brain is amazingly adaptable and pre-wired, like the creator pre-wired it, right? And pre-wired for incalculable goodness. What did Katie say? When God made man, it was good. I correct her. He didn't say man was good. He said man was very good. Very good. When he made us, he goes, man, that is very good. Humanity is very good because they're in my image. They're in my likeness. Moral values are woven into their very DNA. You know, our human brain is a highly social organ. Most of the process is operating in the background when your brain is at rest. Now, if you're an accountant and you're working on numbers, your brain is focused on the numbers, right? But when your mind is at rest, it's involved in thinking about other people and yourself. It so blessed me today. I came in and everyone, man, I'm praying for John, praying for John. You know what? He was on your thoughts, he was in your prayers. Why? Because our physical brain is pre wired with a moral goodness that we care about others. Oh my gosh. And what does the enemy want to do? Everything he can get us to do so that we get hateful, we get angry, we get critical, we get judgmental, we get prejudicial, we get so biased in whatever our opinion is that we don't even care if we hurt someone else. That is under the wages of sin and death. But we are literally designed... We are created that when we walk in love and value, it so ministers to the depths of who we are that it literally shapes the course of our life and gives us the ability to make good decisions. Our brain holds a hierarchy of value. And I'll get into what that means in a minute. Above all else, say above all else. Are you guys with me even though I'm not preaching scripture? Okay. Okay. Above all else, our relationship with other people have the greatest value and are the greatest source of potential value generation. I'm like this. If I'm going through difficult things, just leave me alone. Let me process. Let me get away from the world. (laughs) Stephen, he wasn't feeling great this week so he just locked himself in his office. Do you need anything? Nope, I got it. he, he, you know how like some people, they like to be babied if they don't feel good? (laughs) My husband, if he doesn't feel good, just stay away. (laughs) Just leave me, go. (laughs) So I really have to work hard if he's not feeling good, right? But if you think about it so often, when we're hurting, we want to isolate ourselves. When the thing that causes us to be happy, the thing that causes us to love life is relationships and family and community. Today, during worship, it just so blessed my heart. Because I heard people worshiping. I heard people connecting to the heart of God and allowing God to minister to them. Even if it wasn't our perfect scenario, it didn't matter. I got a a sweet email from Ashley and she says, well, we're family. Something is so powerful when we recognize who we are, and what we have within community. Because we were designed above everything else to recognize relationships hold the greatest measure of value generation. So, Melody's big key of the day. If we create value, What's gonna happen is we will find simple solutions to difficult problems. I'll tell you, if if the world would just listen to melody, we would have peace on earth, goodwill to men. (laughs) It's like, come on guys, grow up, cross the divides and just love the person. Whether you agree or disagree, who cares, just love them. Are you going to spend your whole day fearful and angry and hateful? Or are you going to spend your whole day saying, What can I do to create value in my world today? Who can I reach out to love? Simple solution. The fact is, we as believers, as sons and daughters of the living God, recognize that we carry that ability. I recognize the world doesn't. Before I knew Jesus, that would have been a foreign concept for me because I lived in self-protection. I looked out for number one. So let me give you this threefold progression that will give us the ability to bring simple solutions. Number one, this is the foundation If we don't do this first one or if we can't experience or believe or receive this first one, it'll be very difficult to do the next two. The first is the ability to see and celebrate who I am. Your identity, when you can see your identity, when you can see your value, when you can see your worth, when you can see also what you're gifted to do, what you're gifted to produce, when you can see that who you are as a human being, who God created you to be is very good, and you hold value, and every person around you, I have the ability to contribute. I have the ability to invest. I have the ability to see that I carry giftings and strengths and anointings from God to touch the heart of others to contribute to my world. I don't care if I'm in the pulpit or if I'm doing a consulting job. Both of them give me the opportunity to value a human being. It's really easy to come into family and just love family. It's easy to do that because we know one another and we trust one another. But when I realize, because of that security inside of me, I also carry skills, abilities, and things that God placed inside of me to touch my world for good. And the value that I hold to make a positive impact in my world. So I preached it before I read it. The second is the ability to generate value in others. I've talked about that. Because once I see my value, I'll see your value. Once I see that what I carry is good, I'll see that what you carry, even though it's very different than mine, is good too. Every joint supplies. We want every part of our body to supply what it needs to supply, right? so that we can be healthy. I want my heart healthy. I want my kidneys healthy. I want my liver healthy. I want my DNA healthy. I I want everything healthy, not just one part. On the body of Christ, we want everyone healthy, not just a part. And when you can see your value, then you're going to want to generate that in others. Because Freely you have received, you freely give. So isn't it safe to conclude that it's very hard to give something if I don't first have it? Layla, I want you to give me $100 right now. Come on, give me $100. I need $100. You need to give this to me. What? You don't love me? You're not giving it to me because you don't love me? Is that what you're saying? Why won't you give it to me? Yeah. If you don't have it, you can't give it. Freely you have received, we freely give. If all you get out of today is that woven into every DNA strand in my body, Every attribute of God is woven into me. I've been created in his image. I've been created in his likeness. And anything God makes is good. So one, see our value. Number two, generate that in others. And number three, having the ability to bring positive change to systems and cultures. Instead of complaining about what is wrong, how can we be a part of the solution? say, well, I can't change the whole world. Absolutely right, but I can change my little part of it. Like I can bring these principles into my marriage. I can bring these principles into my family. I can bring these principles into how I'm a grandma or how I'm a friend. If we would apply these principles to our everyday life, we went, Stephen had to get his hair cut at at Sherl's, not had to, well, he did. He gets his hair cut, and I think it's short, but, you know, he likes it the way he likes it. So he goes, gets, and... He, he was a little delayed, but in the middle, it was pouring down raining outside, and I see Cheryl leave the shop, get in someone's car, and then, you know, afterwards, go back in. And you know what? She stopped everything because there was a person hurting. So at that moment, she made a decision to generate value in an elderly person who is struggling. How can we change our world? One simple act of value generation at a time. We all have the ability to do it. How do I know if I value something? I protect it. I invest into it. I sacrifice for it and I treat it as valuable. Brianna, are you sacrificing for little Silas? <laughs> are you investing into him? <laughs> are you treating him as valuable? Are you protecting him? Proof that she loves and values that little baby. I remember Stephen and I didn't want kids, and and I thought I had the flu. (laughs) I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, sweetheart, you don't have the flu. You're pregnant. And I come home, and like I am crying, sitting on the couch, crying because we didn't want to have any kids. And what was Stephen going to say? And he walks in the door, and he goes, well, what's the story, Morning Glory? And I go, I'm pregnant. And he goes, Praise God. You know? (laughs) It's like, oh, okay. Now we're all excited. I'm pregnant. Two days later, I began to bleed and begin to hemorrhage. And Us, two days before, never wanting kids, to two days after we find out there's a baby in my womb, what is he doing? He's carrying me into the bathroom so I could go to the bathroom. He didn't want me to walk. He didn't want me to stand. And like, he's hovering over me because we wanted to protect that little baby. That's what you do when you value. Suddenly, the awareness that there was a baby in my womb says, this baby is valuable and we're going to do everything in our ability. To protect it. When you look at a person walking down the street, all you have to do is stop and say, woven in their DNA is the love and the value of our Father God. They might be staggering because they're drunk. They might be covered in tattoos from head to toe. They might be cursing. Who knows what they're doing? But they are a human being created in the image and likeness of God who needs somebody just to see their value. Let me tell you about the hierarchy of value. Oh, my gosh. That was the introduction. Okay. This is science right here, and I'll do it really, really quickly. But this is the brain's hierarchy of value. It's the science of axiogenics. It shows how value is only designed in the human being. And that's because that first level, and the one up there, it's intrinsic. Do you see it's the highest? It's the biggest. It's the greatest. That's the intrinsic worth of a person. And science has discovered there is more value in the intrinsic worth of a human being. That's why we need to value ourselves and value others. The second level is extrinsic. That's a lesser value, but it's still important because it's our abilities. It's our skills. It's our purpose. It's our passion. One thing that so blessed me today when I walked in and everyone is just like so supportive. No one says, what are we going to do for worship? Not one person said that. They were all concerned about Joel. Do you know what that is? I put the person above what they do. Do you see that? That is which heals. Whenever we put people above productivity, even in the business world, corporations have discovered there's 40% more productivity when the people are valued. Mm -hmm. Lastly is systemic value. And that's the systems and structures and order and the processes put in place. It's almost like a foundation that is laid to support what someone has the ability to do so that there can be the fullest expression of their value as a human being. That's very simplistic, but the fact is, when I put people above what they do, I'm creating value. And when I value what they do, as well as who they are, I'm creating more value. And when I literally create a standard of moral excellence inside of me, so I can celebrate what you do and celebrate who you are, guess what, I'm aligning my life with the ability to create value. Let's look at this next picture. I just love this picture. Don't you love that picture? That is literally a scan of a mama kissing her baby. Look, it's not just the baby's brain firing That baby is receiving that love. That baby is receiving that nurturing. And their little brain is firing because they are experiencing literally what is woven in their DNA. They were created to give and receive love. So when that love is given by mama, it is so ministering to that little baby, whether that baby can ever articulate it or not. But notice, it's happening in mama's brain, too. Do you see, the moment I give is the moment I receive, and I'm getting ahead of myself. But science reveals that our DNA and our human brains are imprinted with a hierarchy of value. That's what I just told you about. The more we can challenge... Our, I'm going to use the word choices. The more we can challenge ourselves to make choices that align with that hierarchy of value, the happier and the healthier we will be. So when we function how God created us to function in our very DNA, that we were going to value people above what they do, but we're going to value what they do above the systems and structures, but we're still going to value them because they're needed to support that person. When we can live our life in that order and with that purpose, we will experience not just an emotion of happy, but a joy that passes all understanding. Now, I'm not giving you all the science terminology in this next slide, but all of these are based in science. I just tried to make it simple, okay? The first is value is the driving force of the human mind and spirit. So when we value value, a human being, what happens? It is literally empowering us. Isn't it true when you do something good, it feels good? If you lose your temper and you spew off, it feels terrible. Not just the person you're spewing off to, but to yourself. When you treat someone else disrespectfully, you can feel it, you don't feel happy. When you're angry at somebody else, you're not feeling happy. You're miserable. You're probably more miserable than them. Because somebody could come up and say something mean to me and I go, bless their hearts and keep on going. But they're the one that's hurting because they're the one that's attacking. Real success is about the value you create, not just the value you get. We have the power to create value. The creator dwells inside of us. And when my choices and my thoughts and my ways align with heavens, then guess what? I become a value creator in my world. And it's not just about what I get. Because when I get of it, what takes place benefits me as well. Listen to this. This is important. Every decision and action, whether it's good or bad, have you ever made a bad decision? Ever make a mistake? Come on, every one of us should raise our hand. We all have many multiple times, more than I want to admit, okay? Any decision we make, whether it's a good or bad, one, is based upon our judgment of relative value. Basically, every time I make a decision, inwardly a part of me, saying how will this benefit me? How will this increase the quality of my life? You make a decision because you think that's gonna be a good decision, amen. Somebody says, what should I do? And we say this all the time, uh, and I don't like it. Well, do what makes you happy. No, 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 do what creates value. (laughs) And if you create value, it'll make you happy. But don't just do what makes you happy. Because we can be very egocentric. We can be very focused on just getting our needs met. So every decision or action is based upon our judgment of value, whether it's good or bad. And if you look back on your life and say, man, did I make a big mistake? Now I want everyone to just think. Think of a moment when you made a mistake where you look back and you go, man, I regret saying that, doing that, making that decision. When you made the decision, it felt like a good one at the moment. Isn't that right? Because I took my standard of value rather than his standard of value. So every day I'm going to give you a question. I use this in my coaching. Say this with me. I'm going to say it and you repeat it. What choice can I make? What can I make? Let's say it again. What choice, what, what choice can I make? And what action can I take can I in this moment to create the greatest net value? If we could face a moment in our life. You know, we try to figure out the future all the time. If we could just ask that question at that moment, instead of trying to figure out six months from now, next week, what's gonna happen here, what's gonna happen there, just focus right now at this moment in my life, what choice can I make, what action can I take in this moment to create the greatest net value? What can I do right now while I'm preaching to create the greatest net value in you? I've already skipped some things I wanted to say because I want to get to the greatest net value, right? (laughs) I even didn't give you some of my opinions when I wanted to because my goal was to give you the greatest net value. Every relational connection that we have, whether it's with people we love, whether it's people we're challenged by, every relational connection provides us an opportunity to create value. Because when our choices and our actions create value, it benefits others, but it also benefits us. Science calls it the boomerang effect. And the Bible calls it whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. It's not just about putting $100 in the offering plate and getting 100000 next week. No, it's not about that at all. It's saying the moment you give is the moment you receive. Because when you do good, it feels good. When you create value, it benefits you. When you minister life to somebody else, it benefits you. So it's not about doing, it's about creating value. If I do something, it's with the heart for the intrinsic worth of that person and me making a decision that will create net value. Let me give you some illustrations, and I'm winding down. Are you guys okay? How do I create Net value. Net value means it benefits you and it benefits me. And we've already learned that when I do good, immediately it does benefit me. But if my choices are at another's expense, I am diminishing value. Weren't we a cute young couple? My hair was, I know, it was. We were so cute. Were is the word that we get? up. <laughs> Actually, I remember the first church we went to, they called us that cute young couple. Nobody says that anymore. Oh, here comes pastor, that cute young couple. They don't say that anymore. I don't, I don't understand. But I have a picture of us up there to use us as an illustration. If my choices are at Stephen's expense, I'm diminishing value. If Melody wants what she wants, when she wants it, how she wants it, and I'm going to throw a fit till I get what I want, I have just diminished value. Not just for Stephen, but for me. This is another big one. If my choices are for others, at my expense, I'm diminishing value. We contribute, we serve, we love, we give. But if I make a choice because that's what Stephen wants when it harms me, we're diminishing value. I remember in the early years of marriage, you know, I always was a responsible person. And I remember cleaning the house and I remember doing stuff and I didn't think of it then this way, but I had a martyr's mindset. Bless God, I'll clean this lazy guy. He's in there. Well, there wasn't video again. There wasn't any of that stuff way back then. Here he is sitting there reading his Bible and I'm doing all the work. Oh yeah, he has to go in and Pray. And I'm taking care of the kids. I'm doing the laundry. I'm washing the dishes. And there was no dishwasher at that time. You know, that I'm being, you know, exaggerating here on this. But the fact is, if my decisions are made at my expense for another, I will grow bitter and resentful. But who's the one that made that choice? I did. I'm very quick to blame Loretta, but I'm the one who chose it. I'm the one who chose to be cleaning the house and taking care of kids and all that stuff and not going in and saying, hey, Stephen, would you help me? Because if you know my husband, if I'd say, honey, would you help me? He would get up and he'd help me. But we want them to have this intuition that they just know what we think. They just know what we feel. Well, they should just know this. Come on. There should be some husbands going, amen. No, 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 let's not say that. Let's say some wives going, yeah, that's true. Okay? I'm taking science and biblical truth, partnering them together that can literally reshape your 2023. We want net value. Let's talk about marriage. We cannot achieve marriage, relationships, friendships. We cannot achieve maximum happiness in marriage unless both we and our spouse are too. That means we're functioning in a partnership where we give and we receive where there is truly an exchange of life. Our podcast, right? Life Exchange. It's all about exchanging life. It's about everyone bringing their best to the table. And when someone is bringing their best to the table, it's always enough because they are enough. Creating value requires us to rise above our smallness. Because the moment it's all about me, I won't generate value. Why is entitlement such a big deal in our world? Because people are so hurting and they're so needy and they don't see their value that they're expecting someone to do for them and not do it themselves because they don't even see the value in themselves to be able to step out and be successful. It all goes back to the source of not seeing value. In themselves. So they're driven by need. I feel like, is this too heavy for you guys? Are you okay? You're like really quiet. Okay. Uh, So creating value requires us to rise above our smallness, to take heed to our spirit and develop others, invest into others. We all know we don't want to live a life with win-lose relationships, right? There was a time being in ministry. As pastors, we were responsible for everyone and everything. And that was our job as pastors. Come on, give me a break. We're human beings. We don't have the ability to be all things to all people all the time. We can't fix problems. Only God can. We can't heal somebody unless it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, guys. But probably the first 20 years of ministry, man, we felt responsible. I remember we never went on vacations, but one day we went away for a couple days and something happened and they said, if you would not have gone away, this would not have happened. And we go, oh yeah. And we felt so guilty that we actually took like two days off to go be together, That's win-lose right there. So what happens when there's win-lose, and I'm not just talking, I just gave you an illustration of pastoring. It can be as a wife, it can be as a husband, it's going to work. Everything that we do, if we have a win-lose mindset, either we're on the place that either I'm taking everything or I am dem, I'm demanding and getting my need met or I'm the one trying to meet their need at my expense, what I said earlier. That's win-lose. That's a scarcity mindset. We're not designed for win-lose. So we talk about we want win-win relationships. And that's a good thing. Win-win is we both get what we wanted. When we get married, when we have a relationship, there is an exchange and we both get what we wanted. But can we actually take it to another level? And Katie even used, no, it was Debbie who used the words with the crown about abundance. Is there a way to move beyond just getting what both of us want in relationship, but to an abundance mindset of gain, gain? We're in relationship so Loretta can gain and so I can gain. It's not about her just get what she wants from Melody or Melody just gets what she wants from Loretta. No, it's making, creating value so that there is gain, gain. That is an abundance mindset. It creates a level of abundance we didn't even know existed. It might have taken us, we're married 46 and a half years. It's probably been the last couple years that we've gone from, well, we started with win-lose in the beginning. (laughs) And then we grew and matured and then it was like win-win. And now we're at gain-gain. How can I love and value and serve and honor him? And he thinks the same way about me. That's a relationship of abundance. Guys, if you are young, young married, young married ones, if you can learn a gain gain mindset by creating greater net value now, it'll transform the trajectory of your life and your family. This is an exchange of life, pure, trusted synergy. There's something so powerful in trusting. And I went the wrong way on my slide. Pure, trusting synergy. Let me get there, sorry. So human beings, by changing the inner attitudes of their mind can change the outer aspects of their lives. The way to change our life is to change our thinking. I just found a quote by Albert Einstein and I'm probably really messing it up, but he says you can't solve today's problems with yesterday's thinking. That was pretty smart right there but we do have the ability to rewire the instructions of our mind so we're not going to live a life just taking taking or live a life of just giving giving but coming into a place where there's gain gain we cannot maximize the power of the mind and our ability to choose for by it we activate the whole of who we are and i love this next statement our thoughts become the prophet of our future. What do we want our future to look like? That's the thoughts that I embrace today. That's why I love in Isaiah 55, where he's giving us an invitation to think his thoughts and to function in his ways, because he wants those thoughts to be the prophet of our future. I love in Proverbs 4, 23, guard your heart. Your heart is your inner man. It's your spirit, but it's also your soul, which is your mind and your will and your emotions. Guard that mind. Guard those thoughts. Guard those emotions. We'll all have emotions, but emotions are not reality. It's our response to what we're experiencing. Guard your heart above all else. Above all else. If you're going to guard anything, what do you do? You guard your heart. Guard that inner man. It determines the course of your life. And i got to stop preaching because I'm going too long. Thessalonians 5.23. Now may God himself, the God of peace, make you pure, belonging only to him. May your whole self, your whole complete self, spirit, soul, and body, be kept safe and without fault when our Lord Jesus comes. And in Psalms 23, it talks about restoring our soul And this is really important because restore means recompense. Guys, life has not been fair for any of us. And the things we've experienced have caused us to think in ways that are not creating value in us or through us. But God says, I'm going to restore your soul. There's going to be recompense. That what the enemy stole from you, Get ready for double honor. Get ready for double portion. And I just heard the Lord just speak. I heard someone say, who am I? Me, who am I? Let me tell you who you are. You are a son or daughter of the living God. You are created in his image. You are valuable. You hold great intrinsic worth. What God has placed in you is so valuable. That is who you are. As Jesus is, so are you on this earth. That is who you are. Don't listen to the things I've shared and say, man, I've been living a win-lose life. I've been taking and getting rather than contributing. Oh, man, you know, I don't even like myself half the time. How can I love my kids? Oh, my gosh. And you take all this. No, 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 no. You are a child of God. And when you can begin to see how he sees you, you will begin to see yourself in that same way. There will be recompense. That is who you are. It means to recover, to deliver, and to bring back. Where is God bringing us back to? That original intent and purpose. And yes, we are living in a fallen world. We are in a battle facing uh, every strategy of hell that wants to shut us up and shut us down. But I want you to know there is a higher calling. There's a higher truth. There's a higher revelation. And that is found in the Word of God. That is found in the heart of our Father. So as we begin to realize how loved we truly are and how valuable we truly are, all those other things will begin to give us the ability to bring that to others. It has been about 25 years since shame has been broken off of me. And I'm still a work in progress when it comes to valuing myself. None of us have arrived. We're all a work in progress. But I want you to know that we're on this journey together. We are family. Why are we a gossip-free zone? Why are we a prejudice-free zone? Because we're going to value every person who walks through these doors. Hey, I am messed up. We're still going to value. Hey, I'm struggling. We're still going to value. Oh... <laughs> one day I walked into church and someone just started telling me all the crazy things they did that week and I got excited not because they did some crazy stuff you know like negative crazy stuff but I got excited that they felt so free to come up to a pastor in the church and say this is where I'm at because there was no shame because they knew they were loved and celebrated and valued, and it's safe come on guys that's what church is about that's what family's about that's what community is about And if we can be those who create value, we can impact every sphere of influence that God takes us into. And we will see heaven manifested on earth. I can't dictate what that looks like, but I know the promise of the Father. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak to those words that I heard, who am I? And I declare and decree that they are who you say they are. They are those that are loved and accepted in the beloved, that Lord, you have called them, you have anointed them, you have appointed them for such a time as this, that you are causing them in their spheres of influence to be a light in darkness. You have caused them to be ones who are willing to rise up and create value, that they're going to think when they face a situation, what choice can I make? What action can I take in this moment to create value? Lord, how can I create value right now? Father, I just thank you and praise you I thank you and praise you, O God, that even now you are speaking to us who you are. And so, Father, I speak blessing over each one. And, Lord, this is not a difficult thing. This is just an alignment thing with your heart and with your nature and with your character. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. A lot of times when we're under attack, you say, what did we do wrong? The washing machine breaks down. What did I do wrong? Where have I sinned? (laughs) Where did I mess up? Guys, our God never punishes us. Jesus paid the price so we would be blessed. See, why did that happen to Joel? (laughs) He was riding a skateboard very fast down a hill. (laughs) He didn't do anything wrong. He was living his life, he was having fun with his son. Come on, guys. Our God never punishes us. We might do some crazy things. And he's so merciful. He's so gracious because he loves us. He's chasing us with his goodness. Father, I bless each one in Jesus' name. Amen.